This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Andor the Relentless, the show where we relentlessly talk about Andor. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. Hello there. Maggie. Hello there. Norhal. Hello there. Hope. Hello there. And Oti. Hi. Wow. Hello there. <laughs> So we are talking episode 10, One Way Out. We were saying before we started, best episode ever. We say that every week, but I feel like we're all feeling it this week. I know I really enjoyed it. This is the prison break episode. This is the big one. So my question to you all before we start. Actually, let's do overall impressions and then I'll ask my question. Overall impression. It was glorious. It was marvelous. Speechless. Attention. Even though we know what happens to Cassian. Exactly. Attention. And Which, it was amazing because right. even if we know what's going to happen, we, I, I was on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. The whole episode. And that whole final scene with Andy Serkis is just next level. Yeah. That was like the thing that I was most excited to talk about because when everyone was like speculating and talking last week and I'm just sitting here like this man rendered me to tears with three words. This show is absolutely everything I've wanted it to be and so much more. It's just Blown my expectations out of the water. Yeah. I had a friend text me. I'm not sure if they were serious or not. But they're like, oh, so does he become Snoke when he's in the water? Oh, no. Goodbye. (laughs) So I'm actually in a group message that when Kino showed up, people were like asking like, oh, is is this a Snoke origin story? I'm like, this is why we can't have nice things. Like, there's just no way. I think I would understand people asking that question if we hadn't set up the fact that Snoke is a Palpatine clone. Otherwise, I'd be like, okay, I see how you made that jump. But I think they forget that. They forget that, yeah. I also try to forget that, but I honestly forgot that. Yeah, I, I think, I, yeah. But, I like, mean, but we know that's not the case. I just hope this opens the door so Lupita can do some live-action Star Wars, too. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah, when she was announced, I was so excited. And then I was like, oh, voice acting, which is great. Voice acting is great, but her face. need her face in a Star Wars woman. Yeah, yeah. Voice acting in mocap only does so much. She's beautiful, and I need to stare at her more. Not that Moss is beautiful in her own way. But but Lupita is Lupita. Oh, yes. All right, so my question to you all, do we want to... Start with the prison break set piece, or do we want to end on the prison break set piece and talk about everything else first? I feel like the prison break set piece makes the most sense. Because that's, like, the biggest part of the plot. Yeah. Okay. Let's kick it off with prison break set piece. So, who wants to start us off? I'll start us off. One line of this, when they're, like, first plotting, and it's just Cassie and Kino talking about how they need to put it in motion and they need to escape now. One line that jumped so out to me that I like sat back in my seat. I was just like, whoa, I'm saying this like it really affected me and now I'm terrified I'm going to butcher it. But it was something like power doesn't panic. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah, that was really good. When Very reminiscent of Twitter right now. Yeah, Yeah, but that's exactly (laughs) it. It's a dumpster fire right now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because like he's panicking, he's scrambling. Because he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not to make everything about the Iranian revolution, but you all know this is all I'm thinking about is 200 people deciding we should execute 14,000 people. 
which as of recording has not happened, thank God, knock on wood, is very much the action of power panicking. Because if you Mm -hmm. had power, you wouldn't need to kill tens of thousands of people. So again, the real world and or just intersecting in a way that just made me pause and sit back and just take it in before the Just reminding us of the ill management of the empire. Yes. What if they just were a little bit more organized? Indeed. And especially because I know that the main character is Cassian, but we can see right now ISV is looking for him, but they already have him. And mm-hmm. I know we mentioned this before, but it tells you about how incompetent is the Empire at the same extent. But going back to the prison break, it, I when Cassian takes the blaster, stuff is going to go, go down. But at the same time, you cannot avoid to feel the <gasps> trepidation that are they going to make it? Uh, all this, uh, everything that is at stake. So I thought it was brilliant. It was quick, it was frantic, it was decisive. I really enjoyed it. I think we have had other prison breaks in Star Wars, but I would say it, this is the best executed. Yeah, I agree. The Citadel it's- would like a word. Someone who would like fights tooth and nail for animation. This yeah. was a better prison break yeah. than the Citadel. And that's coming from me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what like, I love. Oh. The oh, most sorry, about this is just seeing like the everyday people standing up and it's again something that we get a little bit in animation with like rebels but seeing everyday people not jedi not these ace pilots or mandalorians but like these real people i would say doing what they can against the empire taking advantage of that okay electricity we know that they were subjugated for electrical current but hey Water gets what do, those two electrical current. It fries the circuits. That was chilling. That was chilling. So, it, like you said, Candace, all this, all these people taking that into advantage to everyday people. Yeah, and just the reactions. I forget the character's name, but he's like, "I'm already dead." He's like, yes. "This is all." over already i thought that was melshi wasn't it and the funny thing is he has just as much plot armor it wasn't melshi it was Mm. hang on i have his name but melshi says when he's pan the other guy's panicking he's like i thought you said you were already dead yeah that's oh tom Tom reed yeah yeah so taga is like i'm already dead he's just this everyday person as we see like the empire just will rest whoever if they like look at someone funny yeah. yeah, I especially liked something to go off what Norhal was saying earlier was it's a different kind of incompetence from the Empire because we're so used to like stormtroopers can't shoot straight or like in, in the animated shows like Aresco and Grint are the lackeys who are just warm bodies filling in space but it's a completely different kind of incompetence. It's it's so based in the real world of just showing how like they're spread thin which is like their disadvantage but they have to rule by fear and it the whole time, like, they're so easily outnumbered at all times, but because of how deeply entrenched, like, their propaganda and the fears and stuff like that, they're allowed to hold power. And on the other side of that, I love Kino's speech about, like, help people around you. Because when we do want equality, like, it's not just for one group, it's for everybody. And that really reflects, like, in the real world as well. Like, it can't, like, if one group had all the power, then it's still inequality. So like everybody has to be lifted up, help the people who need help, help the other people who are different from you, help the confused. And like that, that 
was really powerful to me because it just it is what's needed. We can't just lift up one group when there are so many different groups being oppressed. It also Cassian ties- inspiring him, just like he ins- like helps inspire the rebels and Jen. So great. I love how Kino's speech basically sums up the themes of Star Wars, like yeah. in just like those two to three minutes. And because well, I, I was hearing the speech, and I'm like, yeah, this is just like very by the numbers. But when he gets to that moment when he says, like, hey, if you see somebody confused, if you see somebody lost, help them. I was, I was like, oh my God, this is, I'm always like paying attention to the small details in Andor because I think that's what elevates the show to just another level. And for me, that was the moment in this episode that I was like, oh, my God, like, this, the writing is just brilliant. Like, and, uh, yeah, that, that speech just, like, tore me apart, even though it should, like, lift me up. But, yeah. Maggie, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say that it ties in with what Andy Serkis's, like, personal backstory is for Kino as well. Because, like, his idea was that he got in trouble for being, like, a workers' rights guy and causing mm-hmm. trouble. And that idea of like helping your fellow man is like so inherent within like the idea of like unions and stuff like that. Everybody has to work together to achieve like a common goal. And so I thought it was just interesting how this episode really gives a really good insight into why that is the backstory that he was working with for Kino. Yes. And going back what Candace and Audi mentioned is that through this episode, we see Kino after that, never more than 12, he's going back, uh, confronted with these scenarios that place him into this figurative ledge. Like, he's forced to commit because he was on a place that, okay, I'm going to do my time and I'm going to get out of here. But then he's faced with this reality that, guess what? No, it's not going to go that way. So he's forced to commit, but then the Steals resolve and take the plunge and thrives. Like he Norhal, there's it. so many. I don't know if you're doing this on purpose, but he ends up on a literal ledge at the end. Yes, and he has to take the plunge. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the circus sells that role just so perfectly, and it's all in his face all the time. Yeah. That those first scenes where he just like they just witness what happened with Olaf. It was he's just such a good actor. Like I, I was in awe. Like. To have this in a Star Wars, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, he says, I would rather die trying to take them down than giving them what they want. Chills. Chills, yes. Does anybody remember, like maybe I, maybe they said it and I missed it. Does anybody remember, not prior to Cassian getting to Narkina 5, but how long he's actually in the prison? They said it's been months Even since, months. Uh, since the Aldani. That was okay. Like, understood, like thirty days. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. 30. They said thirty rotations. Yeah, and the okay. shifts are rotations, so it's been thirty days. Yeah, and then it was there were thirty days before he got. Yeah, okay. he got so arrested. Two months. Got, so like already. two months. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because I think it's interesting, kind of Aldani, the way it was set up to me, like Cassian is going to help this cell break into an imperial facility. Like, yeah. at face value, it looks like that's going to be the moment where he decides to invest in a cause bigger than himself. And he doesn't at the end. He gets his payday. He dips. He's like, mom, let's get out of here. She says, no. He's like, all right, I'm off to the beach. So he goes to like space Miami, but then the month prior to Narkina, and then more specifically the month being there, being in the middle of this kind of 
experiencing that hopelessness, that cyclical whatever with these other prisoners, I think was such a better way and a much less obvious way of putting him in that mindset because with the Aldani job, he's as far as he's concerned, got a guaranteed out. He's got a payday and he's leaving. And that's the end of that. But this is like a genuine unknown for Cassian in terms of like where he's going to end up after this. So his investment in getting them out, like it's now or never, let's go. We're going to die anyway. We might as well die trying to be free. I assume this is the start of his light bulb moment, but I just appreciate that it came in a much more drawn out and a much more kind of developed not developed, that's not right, but like a much more drawn out, a slow burn yeah, sort of way than what I've been anticipating. Yeah. That's it interesting. Him having no option. Uh, yeah. Where he's like, okay, I can't walk away from this. I, it makes him like a really good, an- I don't know if I would use anti-hero, but like a complicated hero. Not like just Luke who's like, I'm joining the rebellion. This is the guy who's been through the ringer. <laughs> And has to have it like in his mind, be like, okay, I have to get involved now. Yeah, I think t- the way I interpreted it was because he never had to really face many consequences of his actions up to that point. And with Aldani, he he was able to balance and everything. But of course, like Nimic planted the seeds, and the very first thing that happens when he gets to the prison, they're like, "What's this poured thing? And why is all of our things like doubled now?" Because, like, we know that he's been to prison, but, like, now he's, like, facing, like, his consequences of, like, oh, I did this. I made all their lives worse. And it is that realization of, like, he's been under the oppression, but now it's, like, very personally affecting him because he's just surrounded by the people that are being punished for his actions. And I think there's a big difference between Nimick saying, like, I couldn't sleep last night because of my beliefs and... And he's like, I slept like a rock. And then before the prison break, Cassian's not sleeping. It, just like Nimic wasn't. Because the, I think those beliefs are starting to sink in. And I will say I can't take credit for that. Alex Damon pointed that out in his video. And I thought that was a very valid point that I wanted to mention. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I also think like there's just not just one moment. I'm dreading this. But I think Marva's a goner by the end of the show and i think that's just what's gonna push them oh over yeah the ledge they, oh yeah but they're I, setting it up end of I, the show or end of the season i would, end of the season i'm sorry i would absolutely bet on end of the season end of the season yeah. they're setting it up that both senta and i'm blanking on what his name is but vale. the no the guard the imperial officer who's watching her house too and they're, they're setting up that they're setting up the fact that she's sick and not eating her food like, they're setting up that she's being watched by both sides. She's going to yeah. do something. And she's going to be like, I'm already dying anyway. So might as well go down with a blaze of glory. Yeah. So, so I kind of think that when we look back, watching Rogue One, for example, when we look back, we'll see all these moments in Cassian's life that led to that moment. Like, mm-hmm. for example, we know the Empire killed Clem. Who We can talk about Marva and Clem's decision of taking Cassian. But for all effects and purposes, they were his parents. Mm-hmm. So that happened the whole thing how he thought that the empire didn't care if anyone stole from them and then he sees what they do after they steal from them in aldani they're just like crushing everyone in their way and now with the prison so i think it's gonna be this these collection of moments that build to that decision to okay no i have to come into something because this is not gonna get any better it's corv that's watching her he's in like one of the early episodes with deidre it's a cool star wars thing 
It is. Corv is awesome. I love that name. So but it just seems like there's too much being set up there on oh, barracks. And it, yeah. it ha we have to get more of the like, I gave everything for this. Mm -hmm. It has to be yes. more than just. I went to jail for 60 days and then I decided to join the rebellion. Yeah, no, it has to oh, be. Oh no, he's going to lose his mom and probably Bix too. Yeah. Yeah. Bix is not going to even be herself when he finally gets back. Like, sure. that's. Yeah. yeah. She might not be like, she might not die. She just isn't going to be the same. Is it going to be Bix he knows and. She might loves. be blaming some. I mean, she is Puerto Rican, so she's tough. So uh, I'm pressing it. <laughs> Where yeah. in the galaxy is Puerto Rico? It's right next to Naboo and right next to none of your business. I'm laughing at my own dumb joke because I said the Bix will not be back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Poor Bix. But um, but do we think Marva goner this season? But do we think Bix yeah. is gonna play a role in season two, or is Bix also a goner in the next two episodes? I don't. No, I, I think she's coming back. I think. Yeah, I feel like with her connection. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, like I feel like she has enough character potential left. And her, that's like it doesn't feel like her story is quite done. Marva's nope. felt like we got closure with her moment with Cassian, whereas the Bix moment still left like something left unsaid. And so it feels like she's not dead, but she's not going to be herself, and that's going to like add more guilt onto Cassian. Onto Cassian, yes. Yeah. I, also, just a marketing standpoint, she's on a lot of shirts and yeah. a lot of posters. Are so there? Like, that doesn't mean much. I'm going to counter with Captain Phasma. <laughs> Are That's there true. no um, Marvel shirts? No, know. there were no Marvel shirts. No, no. I, oh. But also her connection with Luthen, I think. That she's yeah. already kind of doing Ooh, rebellious yes. things. With that, Axis. You know. I'm on the fence about Fix. I really do think season two, because it's covering four years of time. I could see Ferex acting like Lothal and Rebels. We're going to move away from it, but it's always going to be a home base. So to show like the changing of the Empire and what's happening, I like Ferex is now like our touchstone. So like anytime we go back to Ferex, we can see how it's changed and what's happening there in the Empire and like how it's either getting worse or better. But I think it might function like Lothal, which is, I don't think Bix is going to probably leave, but I just don't know if she'll have a, as big of a role because my tinfoil hat theory is season two is going to be Cassian's time in the Rebellion and going through that. Yeah, I yeah. think that's going to be also like Mon Mothma like being outed as a rebel leader. That's going to be season two. Just, yeah, it depends on yeah. what part of the four years we go, yeah. Yeah. Because it happens three years into Rebels. Yeah, went on the run with Hera. And fighting with Saw. Yeah. So, what's left on the prison break other than the devastating end for Kino? I, th I thought the see the all the tough guys, the guards, Huddler, Huddler yeah. in, a, in a room, yes, hugging their cattle rods, like, oh my god, we're gonna be... I love that. I love that. That was a good that. scene. Satisfying. Very satisfying, satisfying. yes. Is Kino dead? He found some floaties. I honestly don't want to know the answer. Like, that's something I said on my podcast, and I just don't want to know. In my head, he, he, someone helped him. He's retired in Harlow Minor or something and yeah. living a good life. Vacation I like to think that he went down fighting, that he stayed behind to make sure everybody got out and went down fighting when those cowards finally emerged from the closet yeah. they were hiding in. Because he wasn't yeah. going to go back to prison, but he wasn't going to let anybody get left behind either. Exactly. I feel like he would go down fighting rather than I drowning. Know. 
also just as somebody whose biggest fear is drowning the thought of that is just no thank you yeah i like to think that one of the other prisoners took his words to advice and was like i will help you swim yeah but but maybe they found something like floatable yeah my fear is it's how far down it is and knowing how far you plunge when you and like having to get back up that's where i like start panic feeling like i'm like that's scary Uh, not being able to swim also i have to give it to that shot when all the prisoners were swimming away Mm -hmm. and you saw the prison the form of the imperial imperial sign that was so it's not technically the imperial sign. The imperial sign has six fit sides, and this yeah, is seven similar. sides. Yeah, it's sim- it's visually similar, but visually not exact. Similar. No, not the same. It was still sick. Yeah. It, yeah, like it's very clear what it was aiming to to emulate there. I just, I know we've said it before on this episode, on this series as a whole, but Andy Circus's face when it suddenly hits him that the only way out is to swim. Oh. And that he can't, oh. and he's One just like, he, I he's can't like of, swim. And then he's, he's like, like out of breath and, and everything. I think it was just like a range of emotions played across. Yes, the and like, then Diego's face and his reaction. The only other thing I wanted to note is I really like this ongoing theme of climbing because Nimic said it, and then Kino said it, and we know that K two says it to Cassian. That's his last word yeah. to Cassian. Mm-hmm. And I like this ongoing theme of climbing of. Cassian rising through his own ranks to essentially save the galaxy with yeah. another group of misfits. And I just think that's a like a really cool kind of ongoing theme. I don't want to hear it anymore this season because things work great in theories. And as of right now, we have three. <laughs> so you're um, saying this is the rise of Andor? Yeah. Don't. No, no. <laughs> Wait, I missed something. What? <laughs> Tendering my resignation here. You I don't know it's the rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. um, Maggie's going yeah. to the pancakes. Start the geeky waffle today or the geeky cinnamon bun Uh, or sweet cinnamon roll. (laughs) Anyway, yes, I had to. Anyway, work well in threes. I agree. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, technically, we haven't had a third one this season yet, though, because if we count K2 as the third one, so there is room for one more this season. We get one this season and then two next season, and then K2s will be the, the final third. Yeah. Yeah. And also, just okay, going to back to the prison break, I like that in this episode, we didn't have the aftermath with the Empire mm-hmm. or the reaction on, like, the ISV was going to have, when they find out what happened on Arkina 5. I like that, that we concentrated on it. This is the prison break. Of course, we had some other storylines, one Mothma, Luthan, but, and also a little bit of Marva, as we mentioned, but it was focused on the prison break we didn't have the aftermath much needed stress relief yeah though yeah. like there's been i've been hearing a lot of people saying like yeah this is really great but like it is so stressful to watch and it's so bleak and so it was some nice stress relief to have like letting some of the steam out of the pot before it keeps going to keep cooking that's a weird analogy but i hope everyone followed but it was nice to see a glimmer of hope in a place so hopeless to show like this is how hope is made yeah yeah i totally agree i like how long we spent on the prison break like in this episode because i find in other tv shows and other and it's purely because they don't have the time but usually we'll pick up with them with the prison break already planned and then we'll cut to the most exciting bits of the prison break and then we're out and then here's the reaction whereas like this went from inception to planning to execution to aftermath in 45 minutes with scenes cutting away somewhere else but like 
it took us so long on the whole process. And I'm sure somebody's about to tell me that this has been done before, but not in a way I think to me that ever stood out quite so much as yes, it's both a stress relief and also what made it so engaging was I'm not hand waving any part of this away. Like you can follow the prison break step by step, which I found very refreshing. It's also just great that they're willing to let characters go for an episode and being like, okay, you guys are not the focus. These are the stories we're telling in this episode. And I think that helps like having a longer episode count. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we didn't mm -hmm. see Fix or Cyril. Yeah, and that's a really good point because we're going through Book of Boba Fett right now. And when we got to the Mando episodes, it's like, yeah, it's okay to cut away from these characters. But when Book of Boba Fett's only seven episodes, it's far more jarring. Yeah. Like if Book of Boba Fett was like a 12 episode season, it would have worked a lot better. I'm not going to get it. I was going to say, especially because Book of Boba Fett did. I'm not going to get into the structure of issues on that show. <laughs> you know, it just becomes so much more apparent when you see a show that is constructed to allow you to cut away from the titular character without hurting or hindering the plot of the show because it's constructed as an ensemble act and it knows how to handle ensemble acts through multiple episodes. But it's still like Cassian is still like the main tie, and he's still yeah. in every episode. He's the main, yeah. And we understand it also just helps with like time. We can understand how much time he's spending in the jail. Okay, this stuff is happening too, so the story is continuing because it's all ties to him in a way. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. But in showing all these other things that tie to him, it also gives us the space to go see something else. Yeah. Exactly. Which, yeah. Like I think we're all affected. agreeing, but it's just like. Even when we cut away from his story, even if it's something that's not directly impacting his story at that moment, it's something that will impact his story later on. For yeah. example, every time we cut to my, like, we know what she'll, like, go on and build and what she'll go on to unite, and there will be a part of that. So it, that's that, for me, has been brilliant. And, like, even my Mothma stuff is still thematically tied to Cassian's because any government decisions being made on her side of the story is affecting him as a real-world person. So it's exactly. still trickling down to Cassian's story as well. Yeah, yeah. just one episode where he, I think he gets into prison, she's at a party and they're discussing prison reform and mm -hmm. criminal yeah. justice. Yeah, and then the next episode she's talking about we have to act against this legislation that just went through, like, we have to do something. It's all falling on deaf ears. But what I liked about this episode specifically was the fact that all three of the main storylines that we were experiencing were about sacrifice. Yes. Like, Kino was the one sacrificing, basically. He was sacrificing himself, essentially, because he knew he wasn't getting out of there. He started that episode knowing that he was not making it out of there alive one way or the other. And so that was, like, the sacrifice for the greater good. And then you have, another, like, the same idea of the sacrifice for the greater good because Mon Mothma's realizing that she might have to use her yes. daughter in order to... And that's, like, a horrible, like, revelation to have. Like, her face was... So so much. This was like, what? Everyone was talking about Stellan and Andy in this episode. But Genevieve. She was amazing. Oh. And like the way that Dar Davo calls her out when she says like that she doesn't want to do this. And he's like, that's untrue. Because it's like, you know that you're no, you're stuck. Like this is the only way out. One way out, essentially. And the same theme was followed through with the Luthan and Lonnie scene. Like, you're not getting out of this alive. We are your best option. Keep working for us because there's only one way out of this. And it's you in a body bag if you go against yeah. the Empire. Like, the idea of, like, sacrifice and, like, being there's only yeah. one way out of the situation was, like, inherent in all three stories. And it was just, like, chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. Thank you, Bo Williman. Yes. Even knowing how Andor's story is going to end, like, 
one way out, one way out. It ties. It ties. That was, oh God, I know I'm jumping ahead to that Luth and Lonnie scene, but when he was talking about burning himself for the sunrises that other yep. people will get to see, I uh, like, uh, went straight to Rogue One ending. I went yeah. to stro- straight to Rogue One ending, but I also went straight to The Last Jedi and like a line that I have clung to since The Last Jedi, which is hope is like the sun. You'll only see it when you believe it. Mm-hmm. And like, this is that same theme but in the reverse. Like, this is the sacrifice before hope can even be something that exists. Or just like, okay, I'm gonna tie it to, it's 33 minutes, we haven't mentioned Ben Solo, but like Ben Solo when yes. he <laughs> saved Ray in Ray, the Rise of Skywalker. And he was looking around because he was despair, like, what do I do? He saved her. And it I don't understand the connection. He, he, he gave him himself. Him. He literally gave his own essence. I thought you all didn't like that movie. Why are you guys using it as an example? We're too, you're not allowed to, but we're allowed to. You guys can bring it up, but I can't? <laughs> yes. We only talk about the Raylo bits, though. Yeah. That's a separate movie. Yeah, the Raylo bits are like, and then like, there's then there's like the post credit scene where Ben comes back to life, the one that like the three of us wrote in our minds. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the only. Yes. Can I add okay. some more people to the panel? That no. Wow. I, I will say that I think Whoa. it's a decent. Like there it's are a things. Reach. It's a breach. They're gonna so, hurt their backs it, with that reach. I think Joss is decent. There are parts that are really good, and the rest of it's really bad. I'm gonna give you. Right, I'm so gonna, you're telling is... us we're reaching. It's because we're climbing. So, <laughs> So is, is Candace a Rise of Skywalker apologist? No, she's no. just anti Raylo and anti Raylo. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not anti Raylo, but, but, but her dog is Raylo. Her dog okay, so, is a known Raylo. So yeah, Bucky's a Raylo. So, so am I the only apologist here? I say no, I think it's decent. I, I, I'm I think, indifferent to the whole sequel trilogy, honestly. I think oh. it has some strong <laughs> moments, oh. and I yeah, think it has. Yeah, it has strong moments, and then it has. Its highs are highest and its lows are very low. It, <laughs> it has highs for high minutes. It's a wild movie. It's a wild movie. It's, it's a wild. Movie. It's like the comic book of movies. It's just yeah. popcorn and yes. joy. <laughs> if The Last Jedi is Shakespeare, Trust is a comic book. And I mean that with so much love and respect for comics. <laughs> Except also, Shakespeare is also for the masses, too. So not a good yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I'm sorry. Mommy Mothma or something. Mom Mothma. No, but talking about man, I know we've said this before. This is a prequel of the story that we barely knew because she was just a bit in Return of the Jedi. But I think that even so, just without knowing as much as we know and what we're going to learn, because obviously this is still more episodes. I think the he- the he- the weight of everything, what she might be faced to do. And like Maggie said that, hey, this is your face with sacrifice. I like you. In the words of Luthan said what he said about there are no rules going forward if you're willing to do this step, to do to risk your conscience. So I think that this enriches a lot what we know of Mon Mothma as a character because we know a bit from Rebels and we know what from Rogue One. And but starting from Return of the Jedi, I think to think, okay, when just the way she says, many buttons die to give this information, and just like everything that's gone through 
during these years of the rebellion. So it, it makes you think. Not to bring this back to the sequel trilogy, but I think like so much of what we saw, we've seen of Mon Mothma prior is like the legendary version of her, like the legend of Mon Mothma. And what's so good about Andor is like the last Jedi version of Luke. Like we're getting to see the person. They of added, Mothma. yeah, they like, added they weight. Add- exactly. Yeah, it's flaws of Mon Mothma because yeah. you know, like she she's not perfect. Like, her relationship with her daughter is also part of the reason that her daughter's acting out because it's she's choosing the galaxy over her daughter and her daughter needs her because she's a teenage girl. And so like we're also seeing like the flaws of Mon Mothma, which is so very interesting. And it does oh, yeah. give you the same vibes of Luke from Last Jedi. And as we know that even after the rebels win and all the mistakes or the decisions that she takes kind of path the way so the first order comes back or the first order arises yeah it's interesting to see all this background on Mothma as a character what is someone remind me what is Luthen's shop helper's name Clea 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 yeah yeah it's like Catherine Catherine I this name her name drives me crazy because every single time he says Clea I'm like Leia Leia where? I'm like, can you enunciate the K, please? Yeah. The reason why I'm bringing her up is, to me, like, she's the most least trusted person. Because, or maybe the most dangerous. Because every time Luthen starts having a conscience, she's like, you need to swallow that for the rebellion. For him to turn around and make all these grand speeches about, like, offing rebels for the greater good. And it's like, she's not letting him have a conscience. And it's almost like she is his devil on his shoulder. To like push up and I'm like you're almost you're, I'm wondering about you you make me nervous lady she it's might like, be more like a oh sorry go ahead, go. oh she might be more of like a Saw Gerrera kind of type of like she willing reminds to do me. whatever it takes yeah. like mm-hmm. a very classy Saw Gerrera are you saying Saw is not classy Whoa. Saw is the classiest fighting words have you seen Life. that man deception have you seen that man what were you Borgula. it's classy <laughs> He's so classy. <laughs> I thought he was a messy boy. He's a messy boy. Yeah, you can be boy. messy. That makes fun of Lux for being too fancy. Okay, fine. She's like bougie soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving hope hard time. classy and messy. Yeah. Odie, you were going to say something. Yeah, like every time Luthen's human side shows up, every time he's nervous, every time he's having doubts about morality, she like pops up and she's like, shove it in. Like, show that. <laughs> oh, yes. Come on. There's a I, time and place and it's not here. And I, I, I love how every time refers, everyone refers to her as Luthen, Luthen's assistant, but she's like calling the shots and she's like very much on top of everything. Would you say she's a mastermind? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what if she's the real axis? Whoa. I would love that. She be snow. I can't believe Claire is Palpatine. Yeah. Oh my God. We went another episode without any mentions of the senator. Uh, or she's Ray's grandmother. Who knows? No. Or, or Ray's mom. Oh. That is she's not Ray's Miriam. Mom. Or she starts Plagueis. They're Plagueis. Or she's it. Luke with two U's secretly. We cracked yeah. it. Luke. We cracked it. Oh, wait. She's Leia with a K. Yeah, she's Leia with a K. Leia with a K. Oh. Oh, maybe it's with a C for clone. Oh my god. No, it's with a K. It's with a K. Just to throw people off. Yeah, throw you off. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. 
This got weird. Welcome to Waffles. Welcome to Waffles. If the day we're serious is the day it's all over. All right. We talked Mon Mothma and Luthen and stuff, but was there anything anybody wanted to add to either of those? Uh, with the Luthen, I just like the reveal of Lonnie. Like that, I don't want to say it came out of le- left field, but it was a nice surprise that they had an ISB double agent in there, which I guess we should have yeah. expected from a spy show, but like he was always just like the guy in the room, and I was not expecting that. And I, I that was a really kind of fun reveal. And he's even like good at his job because he's the one like, no, we got to go investigate that because no, if not, they're going to suspect that we did something. So it's really interesting to see how he's playing both sides and while not wanting to play any side. I want to go back and rewatch his scenes to see if like there's any tells. Like, I was not expecting that. And I thought that was a really cool reveal. Yeah, for once when he goes and tells that to Lucen and then Lucen says, no, we're not going to do anything. They're going to, oh, but it's the life of 50 people. And yeah, but I care more about your life. But at a certain extent, it reminded me of this, the imitation game movie where they found out, they cracked the code, how to, how the Germans communicate in this in World War II, but they cannot notify one of the ships because they're going to find out. So is like the weight of taking at this, uh, making a choice that is going to involve people losing their lives, but like for the greater good. Is it's what I what I really like about Luthen's monologue, which I hope a lot of theater kids are going to use in the future. Oh yeah, is he says he burns his de- decency. So I really like that he owns it. He knows mm-hmm. what he's doing is immoral, wrong. He says he's using the tools of his enemy to defeat them. So he knows he's using this. He's doing the same thing the Empire is doing, but he's doing it for the future. Yeah, so I love that he's basically saying, like, it cost me my soul. Like, it's eating me up. Yeah. And Star Wars always makes a point to say, like, hey, yeah, fight, but keep your soul in check. Like, And yeah. I want to see how that's going to pay off later on and what lesson possibly could Cassian learn from that. Just, like, comparing the Saw doesn't think he's in the wrong at all. He thinks he has absolute conviction in his actions yes. and he doesn't see another way but seeing someone being like yeah we're gonna let these 50 people die and it's eating me up but this is the, the one way yeah there's a reason like a higher reason why we do it i just like i think i've said this before but i do think it's very interesting on this show the way they paint that like it takes all sorts to make a rebellion and that's what i was gonna say and like everybody has their own conviction and they're like my way is the only way i know how to do it but with any one of them not doing it that way they wouldn't have succeeded like they can't all be luke skywalker they can't all be mon mothma they can't all be luthan they can't all be saw because with any one direction and i'm sure we're going to see more over this season and next the rebellion would have failed yeah but yeah and like in it shows like in a real world how like different people have to do different jobs like there has to be people in the front lines there have to be people behind the scenes there have to be people who organize there has to be people who go door to door like there has to be people who gather the supplies but like one of those people can't do all the jobs like different people have different roles in our real world rebellions whether it's like the medics who are supporting on the grounds or like people who are feeding those on the grounds or the people actually on the grounds or the organizers and sometimes you do have martyrs that are like the sparks of change 
And so I like that, that they're all fighting for the same thing, but they each represent a different portion, a, a different part of rebellion that's mirrored in our real world. And taking what you all just said, like, it's also a testament to say that there's no one squeaky clean side. Like, they all mm -hmm. have shades of gray that might make some people hesitant to join that side, but... I think that at the end of the day, the show is going to be a statement like, hey, even if the Rebellion did all these things, they're still the good guys. Like, yeah, maybe a guy like Saw Gerrera shouldn't be leading the movement, but he was a part of it. He helped make this movement, and now this movement is a movement for good instead of, like, the Empire. And, yeah, we can get into the what about isms like, yeah, the, the Death Star, but what about Saw Gerrera? But it's at the, the partisan, so... Yeah. At the end of the day, there's just like one clear good side. Agree. All right. As we wind down, final thoughts as we head into the last two episodes of the season. What do you guys think the finale is going to be? Pain and agony. Cassian <laughs> yes. just sobbing. It's going to be an hour of him just sobbing. Yeah. And I thought just thinking about Lucent and how he keeps one of his tools is that he keeps denying any involvement with Aldani. And mm. he did it again with this fella. Yeah, it's gonna wonder, see how that went out. I wonder if they're gonna pay off the Star Killer armor in episode four. <laughs> Don't <laughs> forget the Calicori. Only thing I'm thinking about. Are, are we gonna go to Mortis? Maybe. I don't know. Hera and Star Killer show up. Oh, like, what's up? <laughs> I keep thinking that there's one line from the trailer we still haven't seen yet in the show, and that's Saul Guerrero's line of let's call it what it is, war. And I'm like there's some there's going to be some kind of powder keg that goes off the and we, we know it's not going to be like full open war because we don't get that until later mm -hmm. but it's going to be the first spark and yeah watch them prove me wrong immediately but wouldn't it be cool if let's call it what it is war was the last line of the season i would love that oh that'd be awesome yeah. that would be yeah. nice like, my grand fantasy is, like, the possibility of them hearing Ezra's speech from season yes! one. I just don't think it's going to happen. Not it's, in a season one. It's Chopper rolling in, and it's like, I would like to talk to you about the Rebel Initiative. <laughs> he rolls in, like, let me tell you about our Lord and Savior, Ahsoka Tana. Because we're talking about around the same time. We might hurt maybe next season. Like, a mention, a passing mention, oh, or whatever. The storyline I'm most dying to see what happens with is the whole Perrin and Mothma thing. Like, yes. I really yes. can see that go either way, honestly. I like hate Perrin, but I love to hate him. So we'll see. But I, My God. I really I still see it going anyway. I want to see space when he's like, what? My like wife is like a rebel leader. Uh, I thought yeah. you were having just like an affair. Also, will she? She's also, like, I was doing both now. Also, will she marry her daughter to this devil's son? We How's don't... Perrin going to get that? And just thinking like, about yes, Mon Mothma's like, relationship with Leia, it's very like motherly. Yes. Does she treat Leia like a daughter because she lost her own? And also, I mean, we got the confirmation this episode that she's 14 years, Leia. She's the same age as Leia. No, she's 13. She's not even 13 yet, she says. She's going to be 13 soon. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the like guy's son 14. is 14. Oh, my bad. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, but yeah, she's almost no. around the same age. Because... Could that be Han? Han was just <laughs> lying about being some sketchy Corellian boy. He's actually <laughs> He's already with Jabba the Hutt. So that would make Ben Solo royal, like, doubly over? Yes. We <laughs> have been saying 
We Technically, Ben Solo is royal doubly over because of his grandmother. Of that's Naboo, that's from the same. Durin. I know, but that's from the same line. Ace mom. Prince Ben Solo. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my Chandrillan arranged marriage AU fix. I look. I look all the time. Where is it? You guys want to read about? I want to write it. Year old Ray and Ben getting married. <laughs> yeah, but then it takes sure. them like forever to like do anything and it's arranged and they don't want it to look be like did you never read those princess stories they were like the dear america my the american royal books, diaries the royal diaries ones <laughs> that it's i want that i want that for them i can't say anything i'm in animation circles and i've definitely read dipper and pacifica going on a first date as 13 year olds in gravity falls it's like we're gonna go get milkshakes and hold hands teehee and i'm like oh you guys are cute Oti's like wow well, it's like give us the Oti's like i'm never coming on the show no Oti needs to come back so, so, we have so back. No, I, I love being on the show because at times i forget that i'm on the show and i'm just like listening to this just weird ass podcast that i love and it's always great it's like a live performance Oh, she's like, you ever listen to a podcast so unhinged you start disassociating? <laughs> that needs to be a new shirt for the waffles. Have you ever yeah, heard a show that's, that's new... so unhinged that you disassociate? Yes. That's our new sign off instead of stay geeky. Disassociate. <laughs> Have you disassociated today while listening to a podcast? Listen to our next episode and maybe you will. Hello, it's me. Market it, Candace. Write it down. That's our next shirt. All right. Okay. To go way back to Hope's question, I have no idea what the finale is going to be like. And Pain normally and I feel like I could guess, but I feel like yes. I really can't with this one. What's going to happen with Cyril? Cyril. He's okay. I'm My still convinced. I love him so much. So I am convinced. I am convinced. I have not seen the episodes. I'm not saying anything. I, I will probably not get them. I'm not spoiling anything. This is my theory I've had since the moment that he started being weird about his special box and then stalking Deidre. This man is primed for going single white man, oh. wolf behavior. Like mm. he's gonna flip. But he's mm. gonna be so bad at it. He's gonna be so bad at it. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I feel like he's the kind of person who would like do something bad on a workplace. Oh. I don't wanna. Yeah. So, like... There was an interview recently with Tony Gilroy who's like, okay, he's not a, he's not a fascist. He's just following it and he's, Falling for the propaganda. And that really reminds me of Dogma and the Clone Wars arc of Umbar. Clone, yes. uh, uh, Hope, Umbar. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh yeah, Umbar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where he's just like, he goes with everything, but then once his trust is like tested and you realize he's been manipulated, like Maggie was saying, he loses it. And I feel like there's so many things about the way that they have orchestrated the environment around Cyril that is just too reminiscent of the men that we see today that feed into the propaganda and then they go and they try to kill yeah. a senator yeah. at their home or they like try to attack the fbi try to attack the fbi yeah. or they plant bombs somewhere and it's the combination of like his really antagonistic relationship with his mother and the fact that she like constantly is belittling him and barbing at him which is like very much a trope that you see associated with those kinds of male characters the fact that he has this weird 
weird reaction to Deidre and being like, I didn't know my life had purpose until I saw you. Like, easy boy. She literally had you, like, handcuffed and, like, was telling you to knock it off, like, last week. That's weird. The fact that his mother was, like, going through his things, which to me and, like, the conversation I was having with my mom about it, she was like, that almost makes me wonder if she thought he was up to something bad and she was trying to see what was, like, in his room and using it under, like, the guise of, like, I was straightening up. Like, you know how sometimes mothers, like, will be like, I knew there's something wrong with my son. I just didn't think he'd do something like this. Like, there's so many little things that I think that if they're going for that and considering how much they're paralleling real world situations, that archetype is a character that fits into this kind of world in turmoil because it's so similar to our own. Yeah, I said that is Zach message to Candace, but I was like, I don't know if it's good to say in public that he reminds me of school shooters. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. much. So. I don't know if I, I don't want a redemption for him. No, he's not after what he did with Deidre, which was way too real for me personally. And I'm like, nope. The fact that I had the carnal desire to reach through a screen and be like, let me save you, lady fascist. <laughs> like, <laughs> I so I, I still think that she's gonna use him in some way because they made Whoa. this point to to say that to to emphasize that he heard Luthen's voice. So I'm thinking that maybe Bix is really just like gone mentally and she's not going to be any use for Deidre and maybe Deidre goes like let me go to Boy Toy Lunatic. <laughs> boy Toy Lunatic? Okay, Boy Toy Lunatic he's going to arrive with already the rings and whatnot. So She sets well, we... him up for a fancy day and he comes in his like really gross tie and he's just like, hi it's so good to see you and she's like tell me about that axis that's really high and she's um, like, this is everything i know and she's like all right bye and then he snaps i will never get out of my head that moment when she's interrogating him and she's leaving and he's like i, I-, I was good at my job i, was- <laughs> I need a sock <laughs> like bro chill uh, are you trying to tell him like you are not the main character of this story <laughs> yeah he desperately uh, wants to he doesn't know that he I used to manage a comic book store. Like, I know the kind of men like Cyril so way too many times. Ugh. And the thing is that, like, the way, if that is the arc that he goes on, like, the absolute, like, full 180 that you get on him being, like, man whose co-workers were killed and wants to, like, find the person who killed them to crazy person who tries to kill other people because he doesn't get like a pat on the back that he thinks he's deserved for being good at his job like would just be so interesting yeah oh my i never thought about that it is the entitlement like the entitlement of cyril oh wow he's entitled yeah yeah i don't want him to find cassian i don't want cassian to even know who he is i know you think like Cyril's gonna be like, you took everything from me, and Cassian's gonna be like, I don't know who you are. I, who you are yes. I, I saw that meme floating around on, on Tumblr, and it made me laugh. Cassian Thanos? Yes. He's like, listen, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm trying to find my sister. Also, that. What about his sister? Exactly. I totally forgot about this. Yeah. Maggie, do you know? No. I just, okay. I was so disappointed that no, like nobody asked anybody and i thought about this myself after i interviewed the writers i was like oh i should have said something like is that thread going to be complete this season or do i have to wait oh i'd be surprised if we don't get at least another mention i don't think they're gonna wrap it up just yet it has there has to be something i like i hope maybe he mentioned something to melshi when they're like on shore or something 
Or maybe that's an added motivation. Okay, we're talking about, okay, Marva being, okay, she's probably gone by the end of the season and that's going to be another motivation for him to embrace totally the rebellion. But another motivation is being in this as part of this might help me to find my sister. If his sister is like after Marva passes, his sister is the only family he thinks he has left. Yeah. Maybe he meets Vader and he's like, your sister. I am going to find a, a way to kick you out of this, Odie. Oh, <laughs> you guys all know, like, his sister's Ray's grandmother. I hope you too. You're next. <laughs> Get out of here. Just so with the Listen. way the show's going, I think it's going to be like, Cyril's never going to see Cassian again. I think Cassian's sister's dead. Or Cassian's sister is with Chris Crimson Dawn. Is Cassian's sister Kira? <laughs> no, no, with Crimson Dawn. Like one of the what the minions or the part of the <laughs> she comes out with spider legs and she's just like brother. <laughs> Listen, I just want the Andor family to be simple. I just need Snow, Star Killer. Oh my god, Ray's uh, grandmother. grandmother. The way that you just said the Andor family, as if these were all relatives of Cassie and Andor. <laughs> Is the best part of this. He does sleep around a lot. Okay, okay, okay. Give me back to Cassie and children. (laughs) Yes, I was just thinking, like, like. Hey, after the original trilogy, like the bastards of Andor. Wait, wait, wait. there's running jokes about Kanan Jarrus's offspring because he slept around too and he left a barmaid because he knocked one up. So, wait, if Cassian is a hoe. Is he raised yes, grandfather? Okay, that's it. Oh. Goodbye. That's <laughs> yeah. too far. That's too far. That's too I far. took it too far. Too far. Too Remember far. when Felicity was cast and everyone was like, oh, she must be Ray's mother. Oh, yeah. I remember Vividly, that. yes. Anyways, so this is the way that we can make the elevator produce the child. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is our five-step plan for how that hey, happened. Hey, audience, are you disassociating yet? <laughs> no, okay, but- no, Luther Mitch and Lonnie just had a daughter. <gasps> Who is she? Is oh that Ray's mom? Is that <laughs> or is Kara. that sister? Wait, Miriam's wait, what is it? Mir not Miriam. Mimirimer? Miramax? Miramax. What is it? Miramir? Miramar's the hotel. Mir Mir on the wall. What are you guys talking about? Ray's mom. Okay, so is Mir Miramax Mir I can't say ours. Is Miramax Lonnie's daughter? I thought that was yes. a streaming service. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's closely related to Skinamax. <laughs> but far less sexy. Far less sexy. Sorry, Jodie Comer, nothing personal. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway. I'm the one who has to edit this one. We are producing some quality content here. All of this. And, like, and, throwing and- a laugh track under this, and you've got, like, a good 20 minutes of just solid disassociation. Yeah. Just put that like weed, Very- like that weed title screen music, like the da-da, <laughs> like underneath it's, it. It's like, da-da-da-da. Really, da-da-da-da. it's like a very psychedelic sitcom or something. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. Casting Andor is really hot. <laughs> yes. Oh, Sacrifice. What did you say, Candace? Don't listen to this high. Or do. You'll get more out of it. <laughs> Final if thoughts. You started this sober. You're not sober now. Final thoughts. Here's mine. If Andor can sleep with a lady and Bix can sleep with Tam, I need Vel and Senta to have a bedroom scene together, or at least a kiss, but definitely a bedroom because I need some non-heteronormative, not 
nonsense in my life. I'll take it only if Vel or Cynthia are wearing socks like Tim. Wait, wait, did the socks bother you too? Oh my god. <laughs> so I've been bothered by the most random things in the show. Like, I'm very bothered by the Cocoa Puffs and how they mention like years and days. And it's, but that's like totally on me. I really don't care. Oh my god. Okay, but did the socks bother you? They did not know. Okay. <laughs> he would absolutely wear socks and sandals to Space Florida. Those are the socks that people here wear with like Birkenstocks. They're like the thick, like. And this is why Cottage Tim socks? had to die. Because he wants some people's feet get cold. He's in his house. Just for Tim, man. Like, yeah. This can warm him up. He's really cold now, though. <laughs> he's a Crocs man. Maybe Aww. he's self-conscious about his feet, and that's why he's wearing socks. No, he did that for me because he knew it would bother me. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Did I just cut out the last, like, 30 minutes of this? No! <laughs> that's where all the prime content is! <laughs> Yeah. This is what the people pay for. Yeah. They're not paying for They should. So, us in time. Mom. Bye. Geeky waffle. You won't get that. Wipe this waffle up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 But this is a sample. This is a little smattering, a little teaser, a little taste of what you'll get when we do After Dark. Waffles After Dark. Yes. And we, we have, have to do it. Skinny Max. Socks. Socks. Okay. I thought you were going to say something spicy, Maggie. No, this, all of this. I mentioned Sarah's sock earlier. Does that count? It's I not the sock that. for his feet. Yeah. Not if he just needs the one. Anyway, Candace, where can people find you online? There's I don't know if foot. I want anyone who listens to this all the way through to find you. They'll find you. Yeah, okay, so if Twitter's like, well, it's probably still on fire, but if it's still working... You can find me at Candace is a geek. Also, you can find me on Tumblr too. There now, same name. Woo! I never left. It's been fun to see everyone come back and do stuff. <laughs> no, I left when Yahoo bought it and they got rid of all the grown-up stuff. Oh. <laughs> Maggie, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. For the time being, I am also back on Tumblr. I technically never left Tumblr, but you will never ever find out what that URL was. Uh, so now you can find me at Maggie of the Town. And if you are so inclined, you may follow me on Instagram at the Maggie Love It. Norhal, you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr at Norhal, and also on Instagram at Norhal and Norhal Music. You can find me writing over at Dork Side of the Force, talking at Jake Guys and Jedi. And I'm also part of a real play tabletop Star Wars podcast called For Light and Dice, set in the High Republic. One second, Elsie. Do you want to say your handles at all? I can put them in the bio. Oh, at Hope Molinax on Twitter. (laughs) And at Jake Guys and Jedi and at For Light and Dice. And OT. So I can't figure out Mastodon, so I'm still on Twitter, and it's at EP Estargors. I'm sure um, someone will leave the link down below. Yeah, down below. And I'm also with Raider Rebellion every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And as for me, you can find me in a few places now. You can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. You can find me on Instagram and Tumblr, which I'm learning how to use, at Arzu D2. You can find this show for now on Twitter at space waffles pod if twitter goes down with the ship you can just start finding it on my tumblr because i don't have the mental capacity for more than one blog you can find the geeky waffle on social media at geeky underscore waffle on twitter the geeky waffle on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube and on tumblr right candace yeah yeah are we the geeky waffle or just geeky waffle the geeky waffle 
We are the Geeky Waffle on Tumblr as well. We are at thegeekywaffle.com. That's where all of our shows are. That's where we will remain. And we are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. And that's where you can find our waffles after dark. So thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed disassociating with us. And may the waffles be with you.